everyone, welcome to the Brand Up Podcast, the place for founders with a million ideas, neurodivergent minds, and growing brands. If you sometimes find traditional marketing advice trickier to follow than you'd like, friend, you're not alone. I've lost count of the neurodivergent founders I've worked with who find traditional marketing advice difficult to follow, exhausting to execute, and frankly, disappointing in its results. On this podcast, you will learn about marketing that works for all kinds of brains. You'll hear conversations with experts who found their way to success, both online and in the real world. Whether I'm interviewing a guest or sharing the occasional solo episode, my promise is that we'll share useful information about how to market your business with more ease and better results, especially if, like me, you're neurodivergent. Two last things before we get started with today's episode. First, I joyfully live in a house with a considerable number of Devon Rex cats, five to be precise. They are a chatty bunch and they really don't like it when I close my office door. So if you hear them crying, fear not. I promise they get all the cuddles in the world once this recording is over. And two, I am prone to dropping the occasional sweary word. And I invite my guests not to censor themselves either when they join me on the podcast. So if you have sensitive ears around, pop some headphones in and you'll be all set. Let's get to today's episode. Today's conversation is one you may choose to enjoy with visuals over on my YouTube channel or to check out on Instagram or Facebook if you want little snippets, because my guest is just as delicious to watch as she is to listen to. Danny Wallace is the Queen Bee, as she calls herself, a leading voice in empowerment and one of the most exciting motivational speakers on the UK scene. She's an entertainer through and through, emceeing and gigging, while also leading the I Am The Queen Bee movement that invites everyone to take up space and get their message heard. I first came across Danny when I noticed my clients stepping onto stages at her events and popping up here and there in the media. They were spreading the messages we'd worked on co-creating, and I was thrilled to see them do it with confidence. And I also had a sense that there must be an extra ingredient in that new confidence. Danny was that ingredient. She draws on the vast experience that she has of performing and working in the corporate learning and development sector in HR to deliver memorable, inspirational, and thought-provoking talks for her clients, but she also uses that experience and that vast knowledge of performance and entertaining and all the rest to infuse her clients with the same and the confidence that comes with it. Danny is a firm believer that we all do well when we all do well. And if you hang out with her for at least five minutes, you'll understand how she and her team really live into this value and the other ones that we discuss in this conversation. Listen in to enjoy Danny talking not only about her experience learning how to stand out in a crowded entertainment industry, drawing that experience over into the building of her business, but also how she's now taking all of that rich 20 years plus experience into creating a foundation that really is giving people massive uplift in creating their own businesses when they come from situations of domestic abuse and trauma. This woman is a powerhouse. And today I started our conversation by asking her how she translated those experiences of standing out in the entertainment industry into building a thriving, impactful business and helping her clients do the same. It was really scary in the first instance, actually, because I'd been a performer since I was sort of 14, 15 years old. When I was 16, I essentially ran away with a circus. So I was a singer and performer all over the world, working for different holiday centers, cruise liners, so on and so forth. But none of that was really about having a personal brand. I was working for an entertainment company. I was representing the entertainment company. When I came back to the UK, 
I worked in corporate and worked for some phenomenal, phenomenal brands who I became intrinsically a part of. So here in the UK, the Carphone Warehouse, when the Carphone Warehouse was on the rise, uh, Jaguar Land Rover, for example. So really, really big brands. And I got to learn on the inside because I was in the HR facility and I was like working very closely with the marketing team and the learning and development team um, that I was a part of. I got to learn what big brands do in order to be recognizable, in order to sort of have a lifeblood, in order to have a culture and how that culture then spills out into things like client attraction, audience attraction, and so on and so forth. And I came out of corporate because I realized that actually I was completely unemployable from an intrinsic point of view. And we'll talk about this over the course of the conversation. But when I came out to come and work for myself, um, working for myself meant coming back into performance. And I sought assistance at the time from uh, the local council here in the local university. They did small business incubators. And I was paired with a mentor at the time, a guy called Neil Simpson. And I adore him and we remain friends to this day and this is you know so almost like 12 years ago now and one thing that he said to me right in the beginning is be instantly recognizable and that doesn't necessarily mean have a uniform but he was kind of saying like look stand out so for me the branding for me as a singer I had to connect to the sound that I had, the songs that I wanted to sing, the audiences that I wanted to sing for. And at the time, um, thematically, I was sort of working and singing sort of jazz vintage, sort of 50s, 40s, 50s kind of vibe. And eventually that grew into sort of soul and Motown and jazz and a bit of a mishmash. But right at the very beginning, being instantly recognizable for me was um, having victory rolls in. And I had the two sides of my hair uh, dyed red. So it's like kind of red and black striped hair. And I would wear these vintage 50s dresses. And at the time, what that allowed me to do is walk into places and be instantly recognizable. So it was one of the ways very early doors that I was able to um, sort of walk into a room and people kind of know who I was. And I sort of generated that very, very quickly, very early doors in my business. And that has sort of transcended now into IATQB where and I walk into most rooms and people will instantly either recognize me or I'll stand out. So I'm not really necessarily a wallflower in, in the things that I wear. Um, I wear headscarves. I'm really heavily tattooed. Um, I always have red nails. So there are lots of things that I do to be instantly recognizable. And that was the first piece of work that I did when I moved out into working for myself. Then it was building on the layers of what do I stand for? You know, as a performer, now as a singer, as a coach, as a mentor, and all of that work came after, but actually that's when things started to really get interesting. So yeah, being instantly recognizable was one of the things that I did in the first instance. And the second thing that I did was I would go live and live streams was kind of birth of Facebook live and talk about what I was getting up to and what I cared about a lot. Um, you know, if I'm gigging a Friday or well, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I'd be putting my makeup on, sharing with people what I was getting up to, what was happening in my life, the scrapes that I was getting into, the things that I was planning. So people got to really understand what made me tick and then decided to either, you know, gravitate and magnetize towards that or not for a lot of people, which is equally okay. Mm. And essential for a brand to thrive, right? For mm. it to attract and distance the people who are for it or not for it. So you mentioned IATQB. So for anyone who's listening who is not in the know about IATQB, I will have mentioned it in the intro already, but I would love you to talk about how you have made that transition and specifically when it comes to the brand, because you established your brand of performance, of yep. singing, of um MCing that you've been doing in companies and for events all over the place. Yeah. But you then created I Am the Queen Bee and the offerings that you have, the coaching offerings that you have, specifically to help people take up space and yeah. make their voices heard and be bigger in the world to offer greater support to other people, to grow their businesses, to grow their confidence. And that's how you and I intersected because I had seen some of my clients work with you and I thought, hang on. That's, I've always wanted to be on stages. No, I don't make a secret out of that. And I still want to be on 
massive stages. And you're incredible when you get on those stages as well. It's so much fun. And so <laughs> the, the first big stage that I have been on was your stage, your live event, um, off the back of a, a program that I did. And I'm interested in knowing how you took that experience of both learning in the corporate space, mm -hmm. what big brands were doing to, to differentiate themselves and to stand out, what you learned in your cells as a performer with your beautiful victory roles. And I mean, I will link to your website and I will link to your socials. And as you're listening, Danny is a feast for the eyes as much <laughs> as for the ears and the heart. You're going to learn really quickly and the heart. One of my favorite people I have ever met in online business, truly. Oh. I feel like I'm sharing one of my favorite secrets in sharing this conversation with you as you listen to us. So, um, but, but what you learned in your cells about differentiating yourself, how did you then take those two pieces, both the corporate part and the performance part, and apply them to growing this business? Because you said you started working for yourself 12 years ago. I would have guessed that it was longer ago than that because of just mm -hmm. how fast it seems from the outside that you've grown and just how much you're accomplishing and you keep accomplishing while mumming three kids and dogs and life and all the things. How did you how did you bring those things and start to layer on with I am the queen bee and what you offer there? So for me, coming out of corporate um, was more to do with me not wanting to work for anybody or actually me struggling to work for other people. So very, very briefly, so my my backstory is that as I was growing up, I, exper I experienced things like um, domestic abuse in the family home. That played out into my personal life as I grew older. 13 years ago, I, as a result of that, I ended up homeless with my two kids under the age of three. And I just really thought there's got to be more than this. So I came out of entertainment in my early twenties because it wasn't deemed a proper job. And then I went to go and work within the corporate sector to get the steady income, to have the career progression opportunities, so on and so forth. And because of everything that was happening underneath, I felt like there was more, but I didn't know how to access more. So the only thing that I could focus on is what am I really good at? And what brings me joy? How do I monetize that? And that was the first thing that I had to decide. And for me, that was always singing. It was always performance. Mm -hmm. So me and my sister made a vow. When we were about 13 years old, there was a lot of things happening downstairs uh, in terms of in, in, in the family house, between my parents, between cousins, aunties, uncles, grandmas, granddads. It was it was very chaotic. We was in the, in the bedroom with the volume turned up because there was a lot of arguing happening downstairs. And that's just how we just turned the noise up so we didn't have to hear the noise downstairs. And I remember saying to my sister, if ever we're in a position to help other people, that's what I want to do. And I don't know how I'm going to do it. I want to be an entertainer for sure, but I want to help other people. And we kind of made a bit of a pact. I'm telling you this for a reason, because that was the seed that was sown for the majority of work that I do now. And this is the year that I turned 40. And between then and now is sort of a series, I guess, a comedy of errors. <laughs> uh, comedy of errors, trials, tribulations, and incredible successes and wins as well um, that have brought me to where it, is, where it is that I am now in that a lot of those formative decisions that I was making have been able to come to fruition. So I, we have IATQB. And that stands for I am the queen bee. And the reason why I refer to it as I am IATQB is that we are moving from personal brand to a largest and scalable situation. And we are an inclusive business. And one of our linchpins, one of our you know key values is that we are actively inclusive. And for me to be kind of bandying around the phrase, I am the queen bee, may single out people who might not necessarily identify with being female or, you know, they they may be male, they may be non-binary, they may be trans. And IATQB actually is more of an umbrella term. But IATQB was, or, or the phrase, I am the queen bee, was a reclamation statement, really, that I started to share quite early on in my performance journey. I would refer to the audience that I was sharing these lives with, um, these, you know, these live streams with as 
Queen Bees, it was a predominantly female audience. Um, I was putting my makeup on. People would stop along and watch. They'd just refer to them as the Queen Bees. Actually, when I say the words I am the Queen Bee or refer to myself as the Queen Bee Danny, it's actually a reclamation statement that I wasn't necessarily born into um, wealth or, you know, healthy relationships or all sorts of things like that. And so I wanted to have a phrase or a strap line because that's something that I'd learned within the corporate industry, having strap lines being instantly recognizable, for example, having phrases that audiences and customers can refer back to. It's like having a, it's like having a slogan, right? Mm -hmm. So the phrase, I am the queen bee, or now in, in the case of many of my audience, the king bee or the royal bee, the sovereign bee, as well as the queen bee, mm -hmm. um, allows people to be identifiable with my brand. And that was something that I'd learned that um, having a mission statement, having something, you know, if you think, I don't know, Cadbury's Flake, if, if you, if you <laughs> back in the 80s and 90s, only the crumbliest, flakiest chocolate, tasted like chocolate, never tasted before, right, mm -hmm. is an example. Um, the Milky Bar, like the Milky Bar Kid, there's all sorts of sort of strap lines and things. And when you have mm -hmm. a statement uh, or even a series of statements that I have within my business, you become... Um, it becomes easy to relate back. So one of the things that I actively did was think when I'm setting up a business, okay, I want to be a singer, but that isn't fulfilling me because I know I have this huge, incredible skill set from working in the HR, L&D facilities within some fantastic corporate companies. How do I then flesh that out to take what I know from performance and then utilize that within business to help other people? What can I do to provide more value instead of me just turning up and singing and telling people about the scrapes that I get into. How do I make this a brand? You know, I want to help people. So in the first instance, that became quite broad. So I would help people broadly with small business. There wasn't a lot of sort of free facilities for small businesses to kind of come together in safety without being judged, without having to part with a lot of money, so on and so forth. And that's where IATQB was born. It was a community, a movement, a network. And then it was, okay, so how do we monetize this? How do we create a product suite that sits along this feeling? So actually IATQB started out as a feeling. It started out as a, you know, a, within a value set of kindness being a superpower that, you know, sharing our successes and our challenges in safety. Um, the premise that we all do well when we all do well and creating a safe environment for us to have those conversations, even if it was just in the first instance via live streams, that was where the seed of IATQB began. And then as it grew, as I saw, actually, whoa, this is a this is a, a, a moving, living, breathing thing. This is a company now. We're putting on events. I'm teaching people so that the commodities that sit now within the business speak specifically to those um those products. So speaking is my superpower. Being able to perform is one of my superpowers. I'm also really great at teaching those disciplines, not singing specifically. I'm not a singing coach, but speaking, presentation, taking up space, understanding messaging, so on and so forth are my superpowers. So that became the sort of the commodity and the product suite that sat within that consideration of I am the queen bee, king bee, royal bee, sovereign bee. And that's how we kind of built from there. So that understanding that we need some lifeblood. So we need to understand what is the core value of this community? What is the core value of this? And then commoditizing on top of that really meant that it was easy once I'd nailed that bit to sell products. I didn't realize that in all the years that I was live streaming and selling my singing gigs, that that's actually what I was doing. I was building community, building yeah. audience, so that when I created a product suite that spoke to an audience that I wanted to sell to outside of entertainment, it became, in inverted commas, easy. Mm -hmm. I say easy. I'd spent eight years prior building this audience, not knowing that that's what I was doing, but sharing yeah. my values, sharing my values, sharing my values, so that when it was time to light the blue touch paper of the business, so to speak, it felt like a very, very quick trajectory. Actually, it wasn't. It was 20 years experience in corporate. It was 20 years experience on the inside of some big businesses, understanding how they market, understanding how they connect, and then thinking, ah, what if I was to apply this to me? What if I was to apply this as a small business? What if I was branded? What if I turned up already looking, feeling, and behaving like a celebrity? Maybe everyone then will just think that that's the case. Turns out it is. So I started this whisper campaign and I'd walk in rooms and I'd say, don't tell anyone, but I'm famous. 
And if you tell if you tell people, they're going to want selfies and stuff. So we're just going to keep it on the down low. Um, you know, people have to sign NDAs when they work with me and stuff. Like we can't go around telling people that we're and they go, yeah, yeah, no worries, I won't tell anyone. And then they just go, do you know she's famous? <laughs> just had loads of fun with this concept of of celebrity faux celebrity mixed with this sort of intrinsic marketing and business knowledge mixed with this inherent and unshakable value set of kindness being a superpower we all do well when we all do well we find the fun we bring the joy we do things with integrity we are actively inclusive we fail forward all of these things are our values and we eat live and breathe them as a team so when we started to expand the team expanded when we started to sell things, people started to buy them because they really believed in us. Yeah. And it's something that is um, noticeable, remarkable, makes you stand out when you, because you and I connected a few years back and, and seeing you do those lives and, you know, putting on your incredible makeup that you do for those people who have never seen Danny, I urge you to to check out the photo that's with this episode, but also link maybe to our YouTube um, and check out the socials as well, because it's just glorious to see you. You're stunning every minute that I've ever seen you. Oh. But um, but to take, and I've just lost my train of thought because ADHD, um, but, but to take all of that standing out and to apply it, that knowledge, that performance ability, that charisma that you have, and to then be able to grow a team and to, to lend your courage and lend your confidence to other people mm. is is really beautiful. And in the the Be Inspired um, and Be Heard cohorts that I was in, these are two programs that you have, um, that I went into because I wanted some structure around what I think is a fairly natural ability that I have to yes. speak. I love doing my podcast. I love speaking in front of a, a room full of people the bigger, the better my ego feels, but actually I just get a lot of joy out of, out of interacting and moving, moving an audience, if that's something that's available. Um, and to see how you are able not only to infuse your team with the values that you just went through, which are beautiful. They're not single word values. They're, you know, we fail forward. We find the fun. We bring joy. When we all succeed, we all succeed. It's beautiful to see that your team lives those values and feels valuable mm. because they all buy into this this movement it's like any yeah. kind of a social movement a cause lifting other people up has become your cause yeah. be it through the work that you do in helping people speak up and take up space and be more confident or in helping people with the foundation that you have and that that piece around the confidence and the courage, I think is really, really critical. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's interesting because I've been doing a lot of work. I think when you're building a business, what you do in the first instance, first five five years really, is you do a lot of the sort of the intellectual work. You do that, okay, so what do I have to do logically in order to build a business? And I think you get so far and then you realize that actually some of the stop has become internal. They become more connective and spiritual and less logical and more mindset related. And as business owners, I find that, you know, we, we, we go on this journey and a lot of us hit glass ceilings along the way. And I've been doing a lot of reflection on the connection that I have with the business, not because I feel disconnected from it. I feel inherently connected to it and understanding that sometimes some of that is rooted in a bit of a trauma response for me, that if mm -hmm. people are yeah. laughing at me, if I'm being funny, you know, I, I don't tell people that I'm a comedian um, when I'm on stage or when I'm sort of sharing my work because then people expect me to be funny. But actually one of my MOs is that relatively funny, funny when I'm yeah. on stage and um but if if I if people are laughing and the attention is on me then everybody's safe so if I think about where my entertainment bones come from actually it was a bit of a trauma response early doors um mm. but what I've been able to do is sort of reconcile myself with that and then think okay so what are all these skills that I've got within this within this space having been a survivor of a lot of things and what are they? And what I find is that people have experienced adversity will often um, 
have these like transferable skills, resilience, tenacity. Um, you know, they, they, they're quite flexible. They move with the moment. Yes, there are dark times, but the pendulum swings also the other way when we've experienced some of these things. Mm -hmm. And for me to find the light in people is is the thing that gets me out of bed in the morning. And not just for me to find the light in people, because I inherently see it, um, again, one of my superpowers, but for them to see it, yeah. to help them understand that often, especially when we have fears around visibility, fears around speaking, glossophobia, number one fear in the Western world. Mm -hmm. um, you know, not everyone is like you and I, and in that, you know, we enjoy it. Lots oh, of people yeah. really don't enjoy it, or they don't think that they've got something valuable to say. The the reason why I do what I do is because I can see the value in people taking up space. In fact, the more different the person, the more important it is for them to take up space. Like I really, really want to provide a platform for people from different backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, cultural backgrounds, racial backgrounds, um, persuasion, gender backgrounds, so on and so forth. Uh, whether they're disabled or not, but for, for as many different people to see themselves on my stage so that they can see themselves on my stage, so that they can see themselves on other stages. Like it's been really important as we've been building this to think, okay, there is a bigger and wider impact to yep. taking up space. How do we amplify that and amplify that and amplify that so that more people can see themselves? You know, we are entering into a paradigm shift right now where it's not cutting it, just having, for want of a better phrase, the stale pale males owning the space, owning yeah. all of the spaces. How do we provide more richness and more color? And we have to do that by sharing our stories. We have to do that by, you know, articulating. So, you know, me creating this and utilizing performance and utilizing business acumen and utilizing what I know about events to to spread that has become the bigger work has become the real reason why I get out of bed in the morning and there's this there's this quote right you've heard me say I share this quite often it's, it's of course is bee related but aerodynamically bees shouldn't be able to fly their little wings shouldn't get their fat little bodies off the ground and the bees don't care what humans think is impossible the bee flies anyway mm -hmm. so utilizing this concept of everyone's overcome something everyone has a barrier to something here is a safe space for you to understand and navigate those barriers whilst I'm doing that work too so I'm like mm. we're all linking arms we're all kind of doing this work together and everyone everyone who's in this in this particular field or you know in industry or in business or in business ownership needs to understand that the the logic of what you do can only take you so far. And we've got to understand the head and the heart bit as well. And that's an equal part of the work. It's actually the bit that's probably going to hold you back the most is yourself. So yeah. we found that within the brand and within, you know, the way that I speak and what I speak about and how I speak and how I teach speaking, it really, we really kind of dig down and really hold on to that as, as, part of our core value set Have I, I don't even know if I've answered your question I went on I went on my, my little ranty pants then it's perfect it's absolutely perfect oh hello I have an invitation for you do you ever feel like you're always starting from scratch when you create marketing content or hired a freelancer who did an okay job but somehow their words just didn't sound like you maybe you have team members waiting for you to approve marketing content so you can get the word out about your amazing offer. Oh, I feel you. It's hard. And I have good news. What if you could curate everything you know about your brand into a comprehensive collection and have it handy by your side every time you wanted to communicate? Or better still, hand it over to your team, brain transplant style, so you'd be sure that they'd get the voice just right. You can. Helping you do that is my superpower. Which is handy because I'm currently taking applications for Loud and Clear. It's the small group program that I created to help entrepreneurs like you sort through all that muddled spaghetti of stuff that you know about your brand. We start early in 2024. Want to come along for the ride? Over three months, we'll create a resource that saves you time, effort, energy, and money. 
Best of all, it gets your work known without you ever having to start from scratch or be the bottleneck for your team. If you're ready to focus on what you do best instead of all the marketing, then Loud and Clear might be for you. If you know that you need to do this work, but group programs aren't really your jam, I also work one-to-one. -one. The link to contact me about this is in the show notes, or you can get in touch with me on socials at Andy Ferguson. Whether you are interested in the Loud and Clear group program, or if you think you'd like us to rock it ahead, the two of us together. Either way, sharing what's in your head helps your brand grow. Let's get back to the episode. I would love to know, as you're building the brand around the work that you do, but not only around you, how have you mindfully and consciously been able to, have you been able to, um, and if so, how have you been able to mindfully and consciously impart the voice and the, the tone and the language and that feeling, that IATQB feeling to the rest of your team? Because as you run events, and I was at the last, I think, of your events that wasn't at Old Trafford. So in, if you know Manchester at all, Danny's events are now at Old Trafford. They're that big and getting bigger by the second. They sell out. The next event sells out at the previous event. It's wild. It's, it's amazing. A lot, it is wild. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, and the, the event that I was at where they were, I think, 120 people or so in the room mm -hmm. and about 20 speakers, guests, VIP, like high profile speakers came in as well. That was a lot for the team to run. And yes. now the events that you're running are exponentially more complex and therefore require exponentially more people. Mm -hmm. And how have you gone around, gone about, if you have, mindfully imparting the voice of your brand? Because it comes, this is something I say all the time to my clients, your, your brand's voice comes through you, but it's not all of you. Like you don't bring all of yourself into the brand and we don't get your parenting and we don't get your, you know, whatever. We don't all get one of your tattoos when we buy a program from you, which is a shame because they're really awesome. Some people do now, which is really strange. <laughs> That's Those their own personal choice though. Me, like I have a, I have, I have a, a little logo, a little B logo and I have people say, oh, we've got like, it really, it really means like hey, the, the community means so much or the logo means so much or the concept of IATQB and flying anyway means so much that I wanted to, to get a tattoo. And obviously like I'm, I'm super heavily tattooed, like from my neck to my toes. Um, so I, I think I just should track that kind of person. <laughs> People who are open to open to the ink, right? But but how did you, and do you continue? Because I imagine the team must be growing a lot, both mm -hmm. in the business piece, and also we'll come in a moment to talk about the foundation, the foundation part. Yeah. How do you infuse the language and the voice into the team to to ensure that the experience, the feeling that your audience gets on the day and in every moment leading up to it? is consistent with one that you would deliver if you were doing it yourself? So when we recruit, when I recruit, um, I prefer, and I'm not always able to do this, I prefer to recruit from within the community or with people who already understand what the community is all about. So mm -hmm. they've already had exposure. So I would expect anybody that's coming into them. And that's not always helpful depending on what it is that you're doing. Having someone that's kind of on the inside isn't always helpful depending on the work that you're doing, like change management, for example. But <laughs> so in the first instance, there was this, you know, I like to recruit from within the community and within people who you know, are, are looking at what it is that we're doing and saying, hey, do you know what? I really want to be a part of that. I want to be a part of the kind of family and the team. When we're growing our events, we now, when we run these events, have what we call flight squad. Um, mm -hmm. And our flight squad are community evangelists. So we have a, um, a, a squad of people who are mental health care professionals, events professionals, um, inclusion professionals who are already, they've already attended are be inspired. So they've already attended event. They know what the event's all about. They're already evangelists for what it is that we are because we're very, very vocal. I say we, I am very, very vocal about what it is that we are about. Um, and then they want to be involved. They want to assist. They want to spread the word. So we create evangelists by 
having and being very vocal about what our core values are. And we have them documented. And like the team and I have done a very specific set of work centered around purpose, mission, and values that we make every single decision as a business based on. So all the things that I was sharing with you before, and I'm looking at, I'm looking at a note here. And the reason I'm looking at a note is because they're, <clears throat> they're written down. Like we have them and the team have them. And when somebody comes into the team, we share them so that everybody is complicit. Everybody's consenting. Everybody knows who we are as a brand, who we are as a business when they come in. And that way they get to make a decision for or against whether they're here. Like we are a queer and trans friendly space. If that is something you are uncomfortable with and don't want to do any learning about, this isn't the space for you, you know? Yeah. Safety is important. We are actively inclusive for as many different types of people as we are able to welcome in. If that's not something that you're open to, probably not the right space for you. We're a little bit sweary. If that's not your thing, then I'm really sorry, this might not be the place for you. We sweat, we're adults, we cuss a little bit. That isn't for everyone, totally cool. Um, we are joyful in the way that we approach life. We are connected and spiritual in some of the things that we do. Um, and we I, we share that, I share that as part of my content. So people can really see and be very visible. All you need to do is go and check on my Instagram to go and see what it is I'm about. And then people can make decisions about whether they get involved. And that's a very active decision on the way that I communicate in, in what I call our outward motion. So our outward motion is anything that we do in terms of pushing forward message, whether that's through our email list, whether that, that's through our social media, whether that's through the speaking that I do, so on and so forth. It's making sure that we are so, conversant with our value set that it is unwavering so that anybody that comes in too is unwavering because they've made a decision based along that value set so the purpose of IATQB is that we help people take up space to make positive change so I welcome people toward me who want to make positive change within the world you know, if we think about you and your experience with being inspired and you was talking about neurodivergence, you was talking yeah. about the way that education is tackled within the schools and how shocking that is, how shockingly bad it is yeah. um, in, in lots of respects. You know, that's a real uh, opportunity to make positive change within different spaces. People come and talk about how to make more sales, how to make more money, how to market, but they all talk about it from a place of making positive and active change within our wider business community. If we look at our values, again, it's a list of things. It's almost like a tick box. Do you, mm -hmm. like, you can agree to these or not. If you don't, it's probably not the right space for you. Is kindness a superpower for you? Do you consider it a weakness? If you're one of those cutthroat kind of people within the business space, probably not the right spot for you. No. Um, we all do well when we all do well. Do you think that you should be climbing over people in order to get to where it is that you're going? If you think that, not the right spot for you. It is the right spot if, you, if you're with us on it. Um, we find the fun and bring the joy. Do you want to have a laugh when you're at work? Yes, good, us too. Um, you know, it'll be raucous <laughs> and it'll be awesome. <laughs> we'll have an absolute scream and we yeah. will get stuff done because one of the other things is, is that we deliver what we promise. We tell people what it is that we're going to do and we make sure that we deliver on it. One of the mantras and one of the things that we come back for on our team all the time is that we are good people doing good things. You know, I genuinely believe that the majority of people are doing things with good intent. You know, if you're a good person doing good things, there's a space for you. Safe spaces to have conversations that matter and failing forward is the other integral thing. So when we don't understand something, this comes back to the inclusion piece and the diversity piece as well. If we don't understand something, IATQB is a space where you can come and ask questions. And there are people that yeah. understand that we are an educational space. So there are willing people or and also paid members of our team who are able to educate and provide healthy, non-judgmental discussions. So allowing permission to get things wrong in order to get things right so that we can move the needle on inclusion is really, really important. So we talk about it consistently insistently not just consistently we are insistent on it and when we're insistent it becomes obvious to those people that come across us that you know this is something that we don't deviate from we absolutely know where the sat nav is set we absolutely know where we're driving towards and then either employees get to make the decision about working with us or our volunteers make the decision or indeed our clients and our wider community and audience yeah and you have taken that piece of you know, we are good people doing good things to a whole new level in the last year 
with Mm -hmm. the Fly Anyway Foundation. Can you talk a little bit about, you've spoken about your own experience and that pact that you made with your sister upstairs when you were 13 through the blaring music to drown out what was going on Mm -hmm. in the rest of the house that you wanted to help other people. And I see you doing that every day through the work that you do with the clients who are fortunate enough to be able to, to work with you um, because the programs sell out like wildfire and obviously you need the resources to be able to, to be able to, to join, even though it's very affordable, especially for what, you know, what you offer, but what, talk a little bit about the fly anyway foundation that you have set up and how you and your sister are, are building something that's important. Yeah. Um, thank you for asking because it, I mean, it means the world for me to be able to talk about it. I love IATQB and there were, there were things that needed to happen for me and for my family in order for me to be able to do my legacy work. And I consider the Fly Anyway Foundation to be my legacy work. So I get to within my speaking, within my speaking training and within my events and all of that side of things and the fun aspect of, of, um, my social media, I get to help people take up space. You know, in the first instance, I wanted to help everybody. And I also knew that the people that I wanted to help, I wasn't able to help because I wasn't in a position, a financial position to be able to assist those people. Like access to entry in terms of business coaching, speaking coaching and so on and so forth is very difficult for a lot of people that are just starting out. But when I was just starting out, I just wanted to help everybody. And what I realized is that I needed to build a business that provided safety, security, stability, and indeed success for myself and my family before I could go on and do the big piece of work, which is a huge piece of work, which is actually helping people who've experienced domestic abuse build businesses. So one of the things that I found was off of the back of the experiences I had when I was a child that informed a lot of the decisions that I made in my intimate partner relationship in my formative, so my teenage years, my early 20s. And that landed me in a whole hot mess of trouble without trauma dumping, this isn't the space for it. A whole hot mess of trouble. Uh, I lost my house, I was financially battered. I couldn't um, deal with being at work. Working for myself felt much less unsafe. Like I didn't want to report in. I didn't want to be beholden to. I didn't want a glass ceiling on what I could earn. I wanted to take back my self-esteem, my confidence, my finances. I didn't want to have to justify my every action. Also, I found myself in a position where I was managing people in, in the corporate sector. And actually, I didn't want to manage people. I wanted to lead. And the area, area the arena that I found myself in wasn't conducive to great leadership. And I couldn't be a great leader because I still had a lot of healing to do. So I was you know, doom scrolling my way through each day, praying to God to the get to, you know, five o'clock just so I could get home and, and sleep. And it was just no way to live. And as soon as I built a business and realized that business actually saved my life, it gave me back the autonomy that I lost. Uh, it gave me back the validation that I was seeking in really unhealthy spaces. It allowed me to do good in the world. It allowed me to reclaim my wisdom and reclaim my intellect and reclaim my ability and capacity. Um, and the way in which I learn, the way in which I do things, which is a little bit left of the middle. I don't know if you can tell by this kind of conversation, right? So the Flying Away Foundation is a foundation that I've set up. It's not a charity yet, although we are aiming for charity status. It's a community interest company whereby we help people who've experienced domestic abuse build businesses. If they've got a business idea, we, from a trauma-informed perspective, can provide them with business support and therapeutic support to help them to build their businesses. So this is for people after point of crisis because I needed to start helping where I could help. I can help in the field of business. I'm not a therapist, I'm not a psychologist, I'm not you know, a, a trauma specialist, but what I can do is from a very informed place, understand what the barriers are to self-employment and indeed to employment. And through the incredible audience and community that I've curated, put the jigsaw together so that we can really help people do that. And that's what we do now. And our our plan is, so at the moment we help, they're not called service users, they're not called victims, they're not called survivors, they are business builders, they are people who happen to have experienced domestic abuse, build businesses. And the next is to help people who have barriers to employment because business isn't for everybody because of trauma, access employment. The next is to provide therapeutic services through um, uh, through trauma-informed 
therapy uh, as opposed to the wider mental health provision at the minute, which is generically medication and um, the medicalization of trauma, which isn't necessary in all cases, you know, understanding what therapy and somatics look like and understanding what really, what real healing looks like in order to overcome those barriers. And then moving on to hopefully uh, pulling together a national network of refuge. So it's a big piece of work. It's going to take us a while. We need a lot of support. Uh, a lot of that support needs to be financial. We do things like fundraising, 10% of our sponsorship money for Be Inspired. So for people that sponsor the event or uh, people that buy tickets, people that uh, have expo at the events, 10% of that goes to the Fly Anyway Foundation. Uh, all of my book sales, I don't make any money from my books. All of the profits from the books that I've written go to the Fly Anyway Foundation. So everything that I do where I can outside of the safety and security of my family now is plowed yeah. into the foundation. I love so many aspects of, of that. And what I really notice as you describe that is, of course, your passion and the, the sensitivity with which you're, you know, you, the, the keen awareness that you have of the, the challenges that people are facing because we, all humans who have been here for a hot second, have some degree of traumatic experience, yep. whatever people talk about big T trauma, small T trauma, it, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's People all subjective. All it's all subjective. Yeah, 100%. Exactly. And, and what is interesting to me from a, from a, a brand and a language perspective and, and communication perspective is just how far forward you can see like that. You're not, yeah. you have at the moment. And I remember when you put out a call in the community for anyone who wanted to potentially support these business builders, mm -hmm. Um, and that's something that I put my hand up for and because ADHD totally forgot to follow up on. So hands up in public, totally forgot and want to get involved. So I'm glad we're having this conversation if for no other reason than it's reminded me of that. And if you are listening to this and you have something that you could potentially offer into Danny's um, foundation, mm -hmm. it may be something that is worth having a conversation with somebody on the team or... Yeah, you can go to flyanyway.org.uk uh, um, and there's different ways that you can get involved. So you can get involved from a financial perspective. You can get involved from a support perspective. So there's lots of things that you can do to kind of um, sort of big sister, big brother, big sibling your way in if you wanted to do something like that. There's lots of ways that you can get involved. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a real long game that we've been playing, but my whole business has been a long game. In fact, it's one of the talks I'm working on at the minute is called The Long Game Lion uh, for lots of different reasons. But for, for me, um, people see the work that I do and think that these things happen very quickly, think that I move very quickly. And yes, I move very quickly, but also I've got the next sort of four or five steps in my mind already. The sat-nav is already set, which makes it easier for me to get there. And I think that what a lot of people do, early doors in their business is they have this product, they have this service, they want to offer it in the first instance and they get bogged down in the now of things, which is okay. You know, we talk about presence and we talk about the importance of that, but actually having longer term strategy, three, four, five, 10 years even, strategy and overall plan in place is for me really necessary so that I can keep going in the same, in, in the right direction. Now that's not mm -hmm. to say, I want to, I'm a fan of the phrase structures from which to deviate. That's yeah. not to say I'm going to get thrown a curveball and I might have to change direction a little bit, but at least I'm going in a direction from which to deviate from. And yeah. for me, it was always the flying away foundation was always, that was the seed that was sown when I was 13. IATQB wasn't, the, in terms of me being a speaking coach and me being a, it being a speaking business wasn't necessarily the thing. I just wanted to help people. So once mm. I got really clear on the what, the how became much easier and the why was already there. Yeah. And it's in, really fascinating to watch how your language as you're, or to, to notice as we're talking about this, the language that you have around showing up and taking up space and supporting people remains consistent throughout so that you're able to have that same energy and that same dynamism that you're bringing into the work that you're doing through the foundation with these business builders, with the team that you've been able to put together with the trauma, you know, informed coaching that you bring to them so that they're doing good and not doing harm unintentionally. It's, yep. it's really beautiful to watch how your seemingly effortless um, communication abilities mean that the message is consistent at every single sta stage. I know it's not effortless. 
because yeah. it can look like, like that on the outside, especially from performers, but mm-hmm. it's, I love it. It's beautiful to, to watch how all of the different pieces of the jigsaw play with each other and are in this constant um, virtuous motion of lifting people up and bringing people along and come on, we can do this and you can do this and we want to hear from you and, and it, your message matters and be that on a, a tiny scale or a bigger scale. And you've created a, a community where there are partnerships that are being formed and people are having opportunities that they wouldn't have had otherwise. And yeah. those are other ways of 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 helping people, whether it's you facilitating this, the community so that they can find the help they need or they can come up with ideas together and yeah. it's something that you keep doing so thank you for for doing that for leading with that and thank you for your time today thank you so much for having me Anne. it's a pleasure to speak to you and also it's a pleasure to speak to you just be able to hang out with you as well we need to do this more we do need to do this more and for you listening if danny has just gone straight into your heart like she did into mine i will give you all of the links to danny's website and if you have a little secret hankering or like me not so secret hankering to get on a stage and flap your gums and have people listen to the things that you say with the support of someone who is very caring and encouraging then I urge you to run don't walk to see if you can get a chance to work with Danny because really it was pivotal for me and we're just getting started yes we are thank you so much for having me on thank you Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Brand Up Podcast, the neurodivergent founders hub for all things brain, voice, and brand. If you'd like to learn more about what you heard today, head to the show notes for all the useful usual links. Most importantly, if you're ready for marketing to be easier, and if you have a niggle that working on your brand voice strategy and messaging will help, it really will. I'd love to talk to you about your brand. You can book a chat with me by reaching out on socials or through the link in the show notes. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a minute to follow the podcast and do leave us a review. That way more brilliant neurodivergent founders like you and me will find the podcast and get the support they need. Marketing can be easier, more effective and more fun when you share what's in your brain so your brand can grow. Speak soon. Mm